Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328358. Introducing Mortgage Matters. This is a great time to go buy a house. This is when the real estate fortunes are made. A show dedicated to helping you navigate the challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were put into conservatorship in 2008 and continued to dominate the mortgage market. Now your host, the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. That's because the election has changed mortgage rates dramatically. Broadcasting from the KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? It's time for Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters. Good morning, everyone. Uh, we're having a fun morning right now. We're doing the truck emergency, the tundra, the tundra <laughs> shuffle here. Yeah, we're uh, uh, you know s- just mere seconds from going live on the air this morning, and yeah. someone pops into the studio and says, "Can you move the we tundra? Need, we need you to move the tundra." <laughs> Problem is, there's uh, more than one tundra in the well, parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> which one? Boy, I never knew such a simple question could be so difficult to answer. So I guess maybe uh, process of elimination, people might be able to guess whose tundra had to move. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) While Jason's moving his tundra to a different parking spot, uh, we'll just, you know, start introducing the show here. Yeah, I guess Uh, so. You know. First and foremost, thanks to all the uh, the listeners of Motor Mouse for sticking around for yeah. this live edition of Mortgage Matters. It's going to be, an, not an oldie, it's going to be uh, the original hosts here. It's going to be Jason and me, Dan Podesto here, uh, hosting today's show. Here comes Jason down the hall right yeah, now. He's, uh, yep. Here he is. All Tundra right. emergency taken care of. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? <laughs> the gray one. The gray one. Which gray one? <laughs> the four by four. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna... <laughs> Note to you guys, next time, don't buy the same color Tundra. You know. <laughs> I mean, truly, by Toyota standards, Dan's is magnetic gray, and mine is sky silver. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, anyway. Got it handled. <laughs> Got it handled. Okay. A lot of fun. Good for you. A lot of fun. Thank, thanks for the help there, Jason. <laughs> what were they doing anyway? Carpet cleaning. Carpet cleaning. He said they have to go all the way to the corner of the room over there, several hundred feet away. Mm. Maybe so they, they could can... stop by the studio here. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> could use it in yeah. Let's put it that way. I remember a few years ago when they were yeah, going to change the carpet. carpet. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I this guess they're, the they're new... still measuring, right? Yeah. No, this is new carpet, right? <laughs> they got it used. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just new to the studio. It's, yeah. It's used carpet. But... Uh, well. I saw, you know, some antique cars. They, they put that patinaed finish on it where they sort of make it look old and rusted and beat. That's sort of what they do here. Right. <laughs> make, make it look like it came out of like a... Especially like the patina behind you on the floor over yeah. there. Yeah. Boy, it's been really oh. made to look like it's been used. They should put some <laughs> some caution tape around that spot. <laughs> hey, well, good morning, fellas. And good morning, all the listeners. I I got my headphones on now so I can hear. I'm trying to get my coffee open without spilling it all over me. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. Kind of threw me off my game a little bit. Usually, yeah. I get my laptop open. I try to get 
ready hear that intro music instead i was out there trying to get back in uh at least those carpets will get cleaned down there not in here not it's in not here, for here but down no, there. it's for the office downstairs you know ironically <laughs> ironically though the um what's this front office out here if you go to the top of the stairs and turn left uh that's um right chair uh right on when I parked in the spot that's mm-hmm. equidistant from the door yeah. to the other side, the lady that um, parked there mm-hmm. came in too, and that seems like the one they were working with. <laughs> so she could have moved the white car. Anyway. Oh, well. All good. We're good. I think we'll make it. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a wild little week this week. Uh I wish you guys could see if you were if you were geeks like me, you could look at some of these charts about the uh, mortgage-backed securities. Volatility is wild, gaps up and gaps down, and big long candlesticks, and just the market not really sure where it wants to be. And uh, a lot of this has to do with uh, just trying to get our trying to get our bearings as a as an economy, figure out what's going on. Jobs report last week, Fed's cut rates last week, and I guess it's a week and a half ago now, but whatever. Um, the 10 years testing recent highs, pretty wild time. Well, it seems like after the most recent Fed rate cut there at the end of October that they changed some of their language. Um a little bit. It, it seems like they might be done for a little bit. They they might be in a, a wait and watch kind of mode here um, to see how the economy responds to the policy changes of the past six months or so. That's exactly right. I mean this this rate cut before there was always the kind of the language that left room for future accommodation as needed, and this time it really feels like another cut is not going to happen unless. There's a material change to the economic outlook, mm-hmm. not just contemplation about whether there was stifled growth or not. So that's interesting, right? They cut rates three times. I was, I remember being in the camp of surprised that the feds were raising rates when they did, um, when the increase cycle began, if you could even call that a cycle. Um, and in retrospect, now I think the Fed must have looked back and felt like it perhaps was premature. Um, I, I mean, we were told specifically by the Fed that it was going to be closely tied to housing, employment, and inflation. And housing and employment did pretty good, but inflation, which was always really critically described by the Fed as a catalyst for the you know when we would begin increasing interest rates and um never really happened never happened and they raised rates three times and or you know it was more than three times now we have rate cuts three times and uh be really interesting wait and see what happens through this all the the tenure is um back up where it was um kind of at the beginning of some of the the tariff nightmare that's been dragging on for a good long while this week uh it was interesting one of the commentaries i read this guy says uh 
you know, the market's just overreacting to more of this trade deal optimism that really we're, we're on at least a half, half a dozen or so big movements of the market where negotiations are going well and it's going to, you know, the concerns start to ease. We see it start to move in that direction and then we find that the negotiation, the deal, the would-be deal, the temporary deal, whatever it is, is is stalling out. And so um, we're, we're just all together back into that. And this week we saw that compacted again down into a short few-day period. We started the week with optimism that a deal was to be reached and pinned. And then we found out that the the meeting at which this deal would likely be signed was canceled. And then came some talk. China sort of leaked that these tariffs, the trade deal might be signed, but what they wanted was some of the tariffs, um, I don't want to say eliminated, but kind of called off on on what is now amounts payable or collectible. And... Um, then we had a little bit of a White House leak say that's not out of the question. That was early in the week. And then fast forward to the end of the week, we found that um, the White House has leaked now that that's not on the table. They don't want to um, not collect any of the funds, nor are they agreeable to just start waiving Tariffs, so it feels now that it could be back to round one of scrambling there, and that's been some interesting processing that information in the bond market and the stock market, mortgage-backed securities, everything else. This for the last couple of weeks here, I think, feels bright, and so it's it's interesting to me to see the ten-year reaching back to highs that we found. Um, you know, back in the in the early summer months, and mortgage rates are wanting to trend along upwards with that. Banks are all still struggling with lots and lots of volume and heavy refi, heavy purchase. Business all seems pretty strong. So we're sort of getting swept along in the current here of really, I mean, if you try to isolate what's the, the key component here, um, the trade uh deal is is about all i can put my finger on yeah i i agree i feel like trade is the is the thing that every day you kind of wake up and wonder what the latest is and how it's going to impact markets otherwise the the data the economic data seems to be coming in kind of as expected more or less there's some some misses here and there but you know again it's hard to take any one of these data points on one particular month's reading and you know believe that to be a new trend I mean, and like, nor should you right yeah like i'm thinking recently retail sales disappointed but you know we'll see how it how it looks the next month and if as long as it doesn't happen two three months in a row then it's just a miss interestingly enough the fed meeting minutes came out this week and that was one of the things that um one of the fed presidents said when asked is there threat or you know likelihood of recession he said oh we we just believe if the american consumer keeps spending money that we're fine and um 
you know, I think that's probably the, um, if there was any, you know, if, what if the American public was saying, what can we do to help? <laughs> let's keep the, <laughs> let's keep the economy strong. Let's keep everything running on all cylinders here on a nice, smooth highway. What can we do? That's what you can do. Spend money. And hey, when are we going to start hearing about, I'm a little bit disappointed right now. Um, I mean, this is, have you guys wrapped your head around this? This is already November 11th. Thanksgiving is right around the corner. Black Friday is coming. I, know, I heard Christmas music this week. We Out at a alone. store? There's one less shopping weekend this year, too. Is yeah. There? Because usually Thanksgiving is the third Thursday in November, but this year it's the fourth. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah. Hmm. Crazy. Is it? Why did, how did that happen? Because no one, because the know. 22nd would have just, or the 21st would have just come up yeah. too quick? It's on well, the 28th this year. Thanksgiving's always the last Thursday in November, right? But I thought usually, it was the third. It was the third, I think. It's the th- well, why is it the fourth then this I year? I don't know. That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. We've got to get to the bottom of that. Yeah. If you'd asked me, if I was, if this was Final Jeopardy this morning, and you said, what date is Thanksgiving? My answer would have been, it's the, it's the third it's Thursday, Thursday in, November. in November. Usually. So they're tucking us mm-hmm. right in at the real tail end of November this year. Yeah. And wow, Jim, Jim with the breaking economic forecasting here, recognizing uh, Mm -hmm. the absence of an extra weekend post Thanksgiving shopping weekend Mm -hmm. is sure to be a drag, at least a 20% drag on sales, right? I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I heard I heard Christmas music this week, which um, I heard it, and then some people that I was walking near, wasn't with them, but that was walking near said, my goodness, is that Christmas music? Yeah, uh, I know. It's insane. And and I I just, I'm not, um, man, Halloween snuck up on me, if yeah. I'm being honest with you. Mm-hmm. It was like all of a sudden, well, tomorrow's Halloween, and I was tripped yeah. out about yeah. that, yeah. how quick it came. And now, so anyway, here we yes, are in November. We have the Black Friday stuff coming up, Cyber Monday. So this year's Cyber Monday is going to be in December. Yeah. Cyber Monday, right? Yeah, like small Cyber business Monday Tuesday and Small Business Tuesday, and then there's Black Friday. I'm not sure what Saturday and Sunday are, if there is anything for that. Well, Saturday is Mortgage Matters Saturday. Well, there you go. Yeah. Anyhow, Dan's, Dan's head down in the book over here to find out why Thanksgiving has been um, wrongly labeled as happening on the third Thursday of November. Thanksgiving Thanksgiving is the fourth Thursday of November, but oftentimes there are five Thursdays. Oh. So this year it just so happens that there's only four Thursdays in the month. So, so it's it always the be, fourth? It's the fourth it just Thursday. Seems to me. I guess apparently Man, you and I are both wrong. I would have said it was the third Thursday. It used to be it, – it's changed a little bit. So the final adjustment came in 1941. Um, Roosevelt signed a bill making Thanksgiving Day fall on the fourth Thursday – of November, regardless of if it is the last Thursday of the month or not. Well, okay. Teddy did it. Um, but prior was to that, it no was the Frank. second to last 
Thursday of the month. That would have been which could have been the third. Which could have been the third or the fourth. By, yeah, uh, by so the way, to now it's the clear fourth. a little mud off your face, 1941 would have been FDR, not Teddy. Oh. <laughs> well. We were something called World War II at the time. Well, not quite at that point. <laughs> not quite. December 7th would have been another yeah, week or so. Right about there. Getting yeah. close to it. Yeah. yeah. All right, we got to do the first commercial break here. The show takes some time out to thank the sponsors, and we'll be back in just a minute with more Mortgage Matters. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5. The mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending will be back in just a few minutes. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We are using low down payment programs and down payment assistance programs to help folks just like you buy their first home. You may not need to save and wait as long as you think. Are you ready to explore home ownership? Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328358. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We believe that cell phone apps are great for some things and wrong for others. When it comes to something as significant as a mortgage, use our team of mortgage experts. Leave the apps for ordering pizza, not for buying a home. Use your phone for its original purpose and give us a call today. Just call 543 the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328358. In the heart of wine country, in Templeton, home to one of the top school districts, you can own a brand new, beautiful home, not a condo, a home, built by the best, starting for less than $500,000. Introducing Vineyard Creek from Coastal Community Builders, who've been shaping our community for 30 years. Right now, Vineyard Creek, just off Las Tablas Road in Templeton, has plenty of homes to choose from. But with prices starting below $500,000, homes are selling fast. Visit CoastalCommunityBuilders.com today. Hey, Brian from AM Sun Solar here. Did you know that if you own a home and have an electric bill, you could miss out on the full 30% solar tax credit this year if you don't act fast? The full 30% tax credit lowers after this year, so you're going to miss out on cash and time is running out. Call AM Sun Solar today to see if your home qualifies for the full 30% solar tax credit. Get your free solar consultation before it's too late. We are already filling up our installation schedule to get the tax credit, so call AM Sun Solar today at 805 772-6786 or visit us at amsunsolar.com. AM Sun Solar is located in Paso Robles, so you know you're working with a local company that has the best equipment and a 20% longer workmanship warranty than anyone else in the area. Call us today at 805-772-6786 or visit amsunsolar.com to see if your home qualifies for a solar energy system and the full 30% solar tax credit. That's 805-772-6786. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11. If you missed any part of the show, check out the podcast at centralcoastlending.com. Now, back to the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. Fighting soldiers from the sky. Fearless men who jump and die Men who mean just what they say The brave men 
of the Green Berets. Silver wings upon their chest. These are men, America's best. One hundred men will test today, but only three win the Green Berets. All right, everybody, welcome back. Jim bringing us back with a little patriotic music here for Monday's holiday, Veterans Day. It's not just a day off from school or work. This is true. You're right about that. supposed to remember these people that um, helped us have that day off from school or work. (laughs) Right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, thank you to all. Thank you to all who have served. And uh, yeah, so what's Monday? I mean, the weather is a little chilly for like barbecue and hot dogs and hanging out outside, right? Yeah, I guess so. It's going to be a little chilly on Monday, I believe. Yeah. Mm. Um. Gosh. So we were talking about Thanksgiving and retail sales, and then we learned, um, I, was, I was having trouble, I was having trouble with that. I always thought Thanksgiving was the third Thursday. Now, now that I'm thinking about it, I guess it makes sense. It's, that could be early, huh? So I was just wrong. It was weird. We were wrong. wrong. You were it's wrong. moved around. It's moved around. It's hard to keep track of these days. Right. You know, granted, um, it was moved around prior to you, well before you were even born. But uh, yeah, I, <laughs> before my parents were born. <laughs> right. Uh huh. Yeah. But yeah, I could see how it could be confusing. It's uh, you know, it's only been about seventy years that it's been on the well. And I guess Thursday I mean, I guess it's not something I don't that I've put too much thought into. Yeah, and usually it's just pretty clear. Uh, Thanksgiving <laughs> is coming at the tail end of November. Right, yeah. yeah. And yeah, then, usually what happens is November's just cruising along, and then you're like, oh, man, Thanksgiving's next week. It's yeah, next yeah. week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or, or in my case, it's like, it's this week. <laughs> well, in this year, um, my, my family has made the determination to, to stay home. Mm. We've traveled and traveled and traveled through so many of the holidays, and um, you know, I got two boys in high school, one a senior and just feeling like there's, we should hunker down and spend some less road time and more just hanging out and enjoying. So I'm going to watch yeah. some, yeah. some football at the house, at our house this year and Sounds good. cook a turkey in my own kitchen. There it is. I extended the invite to all the family that want to come. Of course, I got minimal response. <laughs> We're far away. I mean, we're 300 miles away. But that's where I was end up saying, you know, so like, I've done this drive. Right. I do this for 21 years I've been here now, and I do this 300 miles in each direction. And oftentimes, like through November to December, we have to go down multiple times in a row. And so I just said, you know, this year we're, this year we're staying put. And anybody that wants to come up here is welcome. And it was crickets. <laughs> My my parents are wow. going to come up, so yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to it. But yeah, so look, here we are talking about Thanksgiving. Uh, it's happening. It's, it's coming right around the it's corner. It's pretty here. wild. Yeah, the holiday season is upon us. Um, it's uh, 
it's going to happen fast. And then, and then it's 2020. 2020 is right around the corner. Uh, I've already been dating things 2020. When you put together <laughs> loan disclosures. You plan on when that first payment's going to be on that's the new right. loan. That's right. That's yeah. right. And now we're, we're even getting to the point where I have a transaction right now that has an estimated close date of 2020, which is just weird. Mm. And it's, um, I just barely got used to writing 2019. Um, and now I'm 2020, which is a fun little on the 10 key over there. It's just a fun little toggle. Yeah. 2020, they're right there next yeah. to each other. Yeah. Very fun. No longer have to reach up to that top row of the 10 key to grab that last digit for the date. <laughs> um, yeah, pretty exciting. And, and I'd have to say, um, Man, I know we always end up doing this in December anyway, but uh, look back at the year. I, I always Some of my favorite things in life are reconciling um, anticipation of things versus how it really unfolds. Um, the, the ultimate for me I really enjoy because I'm a people person. I love reconciling first impressions later. You know, I, I feel like I probably am pretty quick to um, – kind of size a person up, you know, real fast about their personality and, you know, how you're going to work together, whatever, whatever the dynamic is. Um, for some reason, my, my mind is quick to do that and it me, it, it makes an, an impression on me. And so then I, I love later to look back and reconcile whether I had that person and situation right or wrong initially. And, um, but yeah, this this year, boy, uh, my expectations for what this year was going to look like and be uh, were have proven to be radically different. Uh, well, you're not alone. You're not alone. <laughs> I, I love how you just, without even discussing it, you can just give the perfect assist here. Um, <laughs> this past week was the Mortgage Bankers Association annual conference. And um, I did not attend, but got a lot of good feedback from it. One of the things that came out of this conference was kind of looking forward at how long this low rate environment was going to last. And someone told me that the economists from the MBA um, expect this environment to last through the first quarter of next year. But they cautioned me and said, these are the same people who thought we were going to have three rate increases in 2019, and instead we got three rate decreases right. in 2019. So they were wildly wrong in their prediction for what was going to happen in this past right. year. And and so, you well, know, maybe it was just one, one swing and a miss. Who knows? Maybe they'll be right next time. But they're predicting that this rate environment is going to last for through the you know into the spring of next year interesting to me (laughs) that we're halfway through the fourth quarter and they're giving you a quarter's prospect (laughs) right really looking far out there before it was a year (laughs) and you said three rate cuts in 2019 or three rate increases in 2019 Uh, i remember three to five they were so (laughs) bold as to predict even what would likely happen in the first quarter of 2020 so um yeah, but you know, such is life. I think it's a great lesson for everybody, which is um it's good to anticipate, especially if the anticipation leads to preparation. You could you you know, and as as a a small business owner, as operators of a small business, you know, we have 
Uh, what's the headcount now in terms of total employees of the company? I think we're at like 32 or 33. So in, in by and large, I'd say with the exception of only a few people, these are these are head of household jobs. These are these are good good jobs and good incomes, you know, right here in the county. And um, well, and I suppose nod out to our Ventura office, so we've got that that reach too. My point is, uh, we this is um, this is something that's been carefully. Like just so carefully nurtured and grown for years on end now with enormous consequence, right? I mean, it's one of those things where, and I think everybody that has a a business or is self-employed or even, even if you're a wage earner, but your business is heavily tied to, um, I I think of it as like the, it's the daily reinvention of yourself, you know. You don't just get to go sit in the chair and pull the lever all day long to the thing, you know what I mean? We we have to get out and beat the streets and make things happen and um you know, work hard and serve people and earn referrals and that I started this by saying that it's one of those things where you just you have to anticipate what's coming and what's it look like because what's going to happen next quarter or or next year or even the following year it, you have to in our business you just have to anticipate because you have to be prepping for it you have to be creating the opportunities survive because it's just certainly not guaranteed and I had no expectation whatsoever that we would find ourselves in a position in, you know, if you look at the third quarter of 2019 for the entire mortgage industry, volume is about double um, what it was in the prior quarters, um, which really means it's more than double what the anticipation was. Right. We were bracing ourselves for, um, you know, at one extreme is like the, the hard landing, right? It's that sheer smack in the face of reality that rates in the environment and the the volume of sales you know all these things were just um gonna it's gonna be a lot of a lot of hands trying to get at the same piece of pie and boy did it did it turn out to be different now i'll say there's still a lot of hands last week on the show we had in um lisa combs and steve del martini from Compass Real Estate, and um, I don't know you were you were on the soccer field, so you probably didn't get to hear too much of the conversation. It was a really interesting conversation about um, the reason I asked them to come on was that earlier in the week we were at a meeting together, and they were talking about setting appropriate expectations with sellers that marketing times are longer now on average. And that inventory within – and depends on where you look in the county, but inventory within slow, proper um, was about double mm-hmm. what it was in the prior year and, and more or less consistently so. So the the volume of sales was remaining constant, but the inventory was essentially double. And you'll love this um, – Pulling out of, you know, extrapolating out of those headlines was basically that the months of supply for slow proper went from like two to four. Okay. So while volume went from 50 units a month basically to, um, 
you know, in sales is still 50 a month. You've got now you, instead of having inventory of 60, 70 units, you have inventory of, of, of greater than 100. So now if we see disappointing housing sales numbers, we we don't have, you know, we shouldn't be blaming inventory issues anymore. We um, should be, be blaming well slow housing. <laughs> well, I mean, first of all, you just have to acknowledge that, you know, and this is this was part of what we talked about last week, is that this is a movement from arguably unhealthy with such limited months of inventory into moving towards more normal with multiple months of inventory. And that by design is is by definition is a good thing. It gives the buyer more opportunity um to to find the neighborhood or the home. There's more choices yeah, and more time. To, more choices to and contemplate more time. the choices. And so it's not a bad thing for sellers, but they need they need to know that marketing time because of the additional choices and option is taking it's not like the kind of thing where um you have to write an offer on a house before you've seen it you know because it's we lived through that market yeah. it was common where people would a market would a property would hit the market that was priced appropriately and People would end up being, well, I can't get out of work until four, but we better submit our offer and then we'll go decide then um, if if through the counter offer process we can sort of reconcile needs and desires with this, right? Well, we're not necessarily in that market anymore. Now, I still do, I'll agree and concede that a really well-priced entry-level home is probably still um, like throwing a stake into the you know the piranha lake. It's it there they are flying hot because there there are very few affordable homes. Um, and affordable, I know, is a real you know it's a it's a real relative term. But when you see entry level homes, those ones are pretty hot. When you get up over the million dollar mark, those ones are pretty soft. You know, be honest with you, that's a pretty soft segment of the market right now. But so, anyways, that in in looking at all of that, we knew that inventory was was tight, and rates were moving up a little bit. Volume was dropping. Um, now we've got volume remaining steady in some cases, increasing in terms of actual sales. We know that inventory is increasing. We've also seen interest rates ease back down a little bit. Um, and I'd venture to say that, um, that, that creates a pretty great opportunity for people that have been trying to figure out how to get into this market. Um, you know, now notice I never in there anywhere did I say that, that home values were softening or declining. Uh, that's really not been the case. It's, it's marketing times are taking a little bit longer. Homes are still appreciating albeit at a slightly lower pace than they have been over recent quarters. However, they are still appreciating. So the for the home buyer, the good news is the rates are good, which is increasing your affordability, and that the inventory has increased a little bit, which I think, if anything, it um, reduces the likelihood of having to settle, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Find a house that... Um, that maybe you get to pick between several and get the one that 
that you and whoever you're buying with are most excited about, as opposed to buying the only one that's available in all of this side of town. Yeah, it's, I mean, when you're talking about supply doubling from extremely low levels to really the low end of normal, it's not a bad thing. And by it's the way, it's not a scary thing. It's not, this isn't a negative headline. I asked this question specifically. So we've, there's a few other things at play here in, in slow that, um, the closure of Diablo, that's something to consider, right? I mean, it's been talked about. There have been studies that have been commissioned and completed about the economic impacts, um, both just to the economy, but also the housing market. But then also look around. There's ground breaking on developments at seemingly every corner of slow. Um, granted some of that stuff's in the county, but uh, talking direct market influence for sure. Um, and those homes, most of the new tracks are not in that inventory number. Though they really only make it into the MLS inventory number if they're, um, from what was explained to me, is that like if they're having trouble selling them, they need mm. they need a bigger audience, then they'll go ahead and drop them into the MLS. So most of the increase in inventory is not it's existing homes, yeah, and also. We've been trying to reconcile what Cal Poly adding additional beds has happened. I've actually heard people say recently that the that the rental market in terms of applications and the amount of rent that's being obtained now for a bedroom in slow has they believe landlords property managers I've heard from have said that the impacts of the additional units there have also had um, you know, a, a change to the rental market. So it's interesting. We're reconciling Diablo, the new construction, Cal Poly adding so many beds, all of these things, and just trying to figure out kind of how it all pieces together. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've layered on uh, some, you know, interest rates are still, I mean, there was a good drop Back in March, it was right near your birthday. It was a mm-hmm. heck of a birthday present you got this year. Interest rates really bottom, and then we kind of climbed out of there. So that would have been the spot where, if you really nailed it, you know, and closed your loan in April or something, you might have gotten one of those three and you know, three and a half e rates. Um, so we're up a little bit from there, but we're still in two year lows, right? Yeah. It's created a great opportunity and, and a, a farther reach of affordability for for home buyers. Um, break time. Let's go ahead and do the final commercial break here this hour. We'll be back in just a couple more minutes with more Mortgage Matters. It's time to pay some bills. Mortgage Matters will be back in just a few seconds. Join in on the conversation at 805-543-8830 or 1-800-549-5832. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We are using low down payment programs and down payment assistance programs to help folks just like you buy their first home. You may not need to save and wait as long as you think. Are you ready to explore home ownership? Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 low the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast, Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328 
Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. Hello, this is Mike Points, a co-host of Mortgage Matters and a licensed loan officer with Central Coast Lending. I'm here to invite you to check out a new podcast at smartretirementpodcast.com. This is a podcast I co-host with Matthew Hollander with Century Financial Consultants that talks about all of the things to focus on to make you a smarter retiree. Things like Social Security, how to manage your health care, and so much more. So please go to our website, smartretirementpodcast.com, and subscribe to our episodes. I hope you enjoy it, and I'm sure you'll find it informative. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We believe that cell phone apps are great for some things and wrong for others. When it comes to something as significant as a mortgage, use our team of mortgage experts. Leave the apps for ordering pizza, not for buying a home. Use your phone for its original purpose and give us a call today. Just call 543 We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast, Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328. 328- You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11. If you missed any part of the show, check out the podcast at centralcoastlending.com. Now, back to the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. All right, guys, welcome back. It's grand. Yeah. United States Marine Corps. That's what it is. Tripoli, right? We will fight our country's battles on the land and on the sea. Man, you guys know the words. My grandpa was a Marine. Wow. Wow. So thank I you have, yeah, I have, uh, as I look across my immediate family, I think I have someone from every branch of the military. That's awesome. My one grandpa was in the Army, another was in the Air, or in the Marines, uncle in the Air Force, my dad was in the Navy. Um, have another, my, actually my mom's uncle is in the Marines forever. <laughs> A lot of military in my family. Epic. Yeah. Good for you. And... Thank you to your family for serving. All right. Moment of silence. (laughs) (laughs) I was looking at my notes here, collect myself. You know, every time we get to one of these holidays, be it like 4th of July or Veterans Day or something, makes me want to talk a little bit about the Mm. VA loans. Yeah, Um, Seems like a natural fit. Yeah, so, you know, and we do, uh, let's face it here, we got two hours of live radio to fill every <laughs> single week. But, you know, I think I think to the people that it doesn't necessarily apply to the conversation they get tired of hearing about. Um, you think so? Worry about that? Well, I mean, it's definitely a topic where 
it either applies to you or it doesn't. So if it doesn't apply to you, you might just tune it out. Yeah. But, it can matter. It can matter to you, though. What if you're the seller of a house that, you know? You, yeah, you're, from, a, from that standpoint, it could really be applicable to a veteran maybe if you're looking at a VA active offer. duty or a veteran might be trying to buy your house. And you got to gotta have your wits about you, man. Yeah. Some myths out there running around. Yeah, there are. There are. We seem to – I've noticed this year, for whatever reason, our – um, you know, I know we have a commercial out now, you know, targeting the VA um, homeowner and home buyer yeah. specifically. So maybe there's something to do there. But we've we seem to be doing a lot more VA loans this year than ever before, a substantial increase. And, um, you know, I every time I see it, it's just it. I see what a great loan it is. I think about you know, well, and deservedly so. Our veterans get some pretty awesome perks from serving our country, and one of them is the ability to use this loan program to buy a home. Well, and I remember when I started in the mortgage business years ago, the VA loan was like, didn't really matter. It was not very relevant. The loan amounts and the interest rates were just not attractive. And the only real reason that you would do it, even as a veteran, you would use it if it was like, well, you just don't have a down payment. And that's the only way you're going to get your foot in the door is to use this crummy loan to get yourself that, right? Well, man, is that different today. If you're, it's like one of the first questions I want to know from you as well, are you or your spouse a veteran? They're, uh, you get lined up to get a pretty awesome loan program if you're, eligible and yeah eligibility there's several different ways that people are eligible from you know national guard through active duty and um but we've also helped the surviving spouse of deceased uh, military members and veterans and um there's there's a lot of different little caveats that help another thing it's not very relevant anymore but was part of the the re- revamp and uh of VA was you used to have to have a VA loan to refinance in VA you couldn't refinance a conventional loan into a VA loan which is interesting right mm-hmm and what we found was during that last recession, they made the guideline concession there because so many people had purchased a home with like an alt A loan or a jumbo loan or a first and a second, just some kind of thing where those veterans, um, I keep saying veterans, but also service members, active duty, maybe found themselves in a loan product where there was something perilous about, you know, uncertain future or a lack of affordability to the kind of loan they have. And VA um, heard the feedback and came in and made that concession that you could refinance a non-VA loan into a VA loan. Um, And for years did 100% cash out refi. When And I know that may not sound great, but man, when property values were down, uh, there was sometimes, you know, for example, if you have a line of credit against your house because you, you know, maybe you took a HELOC to remodel the kitchen or whatever, that home equity line of credit, when you pay that off, your transaction is determined to be a cash out loan. And so 
when values were down and people were struggling, well, I got to get rid of these things and I got to simplify and I got to, you know, rates were really down, but if you didn't have the equity or ability to qualify, so VA came and and put that stopgap into place. And so that the program is just, it, it's increased in relevancy through the years. And like you said, it's such a powerful loan. Um, I was a little bit when you were like, for whatever reason, our um, the the reach in VA here is growing. I'm going to take the other tack on it and say it's not for whatever reason. We do a really good job on those loans, and I we're getting those referrals more and more now um, because our name is becoming more common in some of those benefit centers or at places of employment. It's interesting. Certain employers really want veterans. They recognize the that um the discipline and the commitment and the just the the power of that person that served and so then they'll cling to they look for that in an attribute when they're opening positions and so once we're able to help one of them it turns out their coworkers are you know and and you ran down a list a minute ago about family members about how it obviously has been a really important thing in in your family lineage to serve the country so those kinds of things are not uncommon and once you find you infiltrate one and you do a great job for them they're also very loyal people sure. so they're happy to refer you and so that's why I'm going to suggest that's why. Yeah, we- <laughs> no, I, I don't mean to discount our efforts, uh, both in marketing and in This kind of felt like you lobbed me a softball there. <laughs> it's less about the commercial and more about uh, the fantastic job we're doing. Well, I mean, I, I just know that we um, market in so many different ways. Another thing that we do to support our um, active duty and veteran um, clients is we have a couple loan officers who participate in the Homes for Heroes loan program where those service members, men and women, um, they can get some financial perks working with us as well. They can get um, the cost of their appraisal covered by Central Coast Lending um, through that Homes for Heroes program. Or if they're involved in buying or selling real estate, they can get um, you know, through a referral from one of our loan officers, um, they can access a realtor that also participates in the program and, and generally, get discounted commissions. Generally, it leads to 25% of the commission yeah. is then given back to the hero. Right. And so there's a lot of, you know, ways that we're um, trying to participate in that community, The those those folks who do so much who have done so much for our country and for our freedom, and it's our small way of giving back the way we can to those people. So, yeah, but yeah, we we do a great job. I I didn't <laughs> want to discount that. We do a great job. When we do attract that client, we we do great at those VA loans. And and what's what's really nice about them is they're not just you know an alternative to a conventional or FHA loan. They they essentially take the place of any type of mortgage financing you're doing. Even if you're looking to buy you know, a mansion on the Shell Beach Bluffs and you need a jumbo loan, VA can still do that. There's right. no loan limit to VA. Right. Um, they'll do these million-plus loan amounts and crazy things. It's, it's amazing what the VA loan can do for you. 
It is an incredibly powerful program. And that's where I usually end up on this soapbox here is you'll end up with a, there unfortunately are members of the real estate community who are, I shouldn't even say that. There are people at large. One of the human conditions is to make yourself sound more knowledgeable than you are about certain topics. And you know how this is. So what do you do for a living? I, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm talking to you in the car, in your living room, wherever you are. Whatever you do for a living, you know what you do. If you're the butcher, you know how to cut that steak, right? And then you'll hear people out there telling friends and they're giving misinformation and, oh, and you should do this. And, yeah, you don't need to change your oil every 5,000 miles. And, you know, whatever it is, right? Oh, life insurance is a joke. Whatever it's – you hear these people that don't do it run in their mouth about things they don't know about. And the VA loan is just that way. So you'll hear realtors telling people, well, don't accept an offer from a VA buyer because then blah, 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 right? And I always am like, wait a minute. This program has no max loan limit. That's crazy. Every other program does, and you hit them, okay? This program has no maximum debt-to-income ratio restriction. Sometimes it gives you the reach of double what you could out of another type of loan, right? This program will make exceptions and leniency to to derogatory credit issues or things like this. This program doesn't have a reserve requirement that jumbo loans will have or whatever, right? This this program, it, it throws such a wide net because it's attempting to accommodate and help a veteran with shelter or, or a service man or woman with shelter, right? It's a it's a far reaching. It's one of the best loan programs for that reason. So when you hear somebody come out and say, "Oh, well, don't do that for this reason or that reason," I'm like, "Man, here we got another little mouthpiece over here that's got no knowledge and too many opinions." So it's a fantastic loan program. We got the top of the hour break here. We'll be out for about five minutes. We'll be back with a whole nother hour of mortgage matters, and we hope you guys stick around. Welcome back. For those of you just joining us, welcome. We just uh, got through hour one. We got a whole nother hour here with you. I wasn't going to say anything, but we got a call. Yeah. We got a call who called to say, no, you're wrong. Yeah, that there was a cap on loans for the VA loans. Oh. There's a cap on the loan amount for a VA loan. For a hundred percent financing. Yep. Beyond that, there is no loan maximum for VA. You just start to have to participate with a little bit of a down payment. Yeah, there's a formula for once you exceed the the maximum county loan limit, then you end up having to kick in 
part of the overage over the guarantee amount. So yeah. You, so yeah, ours, if you came in and said that you wanted to buy a two million dollar house in Shell Beach, you want to use your VA loan. You're not getting a two million dollar VA loan. Yeah, you're not getting a hundred percent financing no. on that. The the maximum loan that you can get a hundred percent financing on in Slow County is a six hundred and sixty seven thousand dollar loan amount. Yeah, once you anything go, above that, you have to make a down payment of twenty five percent of the difference between the purchase price and the county loan limit. So if you're buying a $2 million home, like you said, you take the $2 million purchase price, subtract the 667 county maximum limit. So you've got what? One, three, three. Um, you have to make a 25% of the one, three, three million as your down payment. That's right. So what's that? About, about, a third of a million dollars. You have to pay about $330,000 to be your 25% down payment. So on your $2 million home, you could get a $1.667 million loan from right. VA. Yeah. That's how that works. So yes, there is, there is a maximum loan limit for 100% financing on VA. Right. So just to clarify that issue, but that's... I mean, any jumbo loan would also require that caller could payment. also have run into an overlay at a bank. Perhaps, yes, right? yeah. Like you were saying, VA allows one hundred percent cash out. Well, not every bank allows a VA loan to one hundred percent cash out, um, but VA allows it. But each bank offering the VA loan program has their own ability to create more conservative requirements than what the agency actually allows which might just say also we cap the va loan amount at a million bucks mm -hmm. so yeah you're gonna have to make a down payment but we won't go beyond that and so oftentimes and this is this is interesting because this happens so often in mortgage um and i'll say that over the last couple years here some of the big banks have recognized that their overlays put them at a real disadvantage so in the industry that's what we call overlays right and so picture the the figureheads of the company getting together in the boardroom and they say, okay, uh, we're going to do Fannie Mae loans, we're going to do Freddie Mac loans, we're going to do FHA loans, and we're going to go through them and we're going to look and, and, and look at their some of their farthest reaching um, attributes. We're going to make the decision of whether or not we want to offer that in its entirety here at Red Rock Bank. And... As you're going to line it out, okay, well, let's talk about it. All right, well, let's start with FHA. FHA does down payment assistance. They allow down payment assistance. So you could do a FHA loan with a down payment second assistance, second and third, and actually come into this transaction where you, the VA borrower, have paid for no down payment. Do you want to do that? And some banks will say, no, 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 no. Three and a half percent down is, I mean, if you can't come up with that, what business do you have buying a house? And so then they'll just agree. Okay, well, we offer the VA loan and we don't participate in down payment assistance. What's the next issue that you have, right? And, you know, here's another great example. Uh, FHA will allow you to go all the way down to like a 540 credit score. I think it'll go lower than that. Blech. I don't think FHA you, technically has a minimum credit you score. You have to <laughs> almost make it your job to get a credit score that bad. <laughs> so when you're underwriting these loans, when you look at them, you go, 
um, my my friend, you have collections from the utility companies, the garbage company, your AT&T collection. You have an AT&T collection. You have a Verizon collection. <laughs> and and now I'm guessing you're with Cell One or whatever, whoever's <laughs> left for you now. Your, every credit card you have is secured past due and multiple lates. You have medical collections. You have all this stuff, and you look at it, and you go, and of course, you're here to buy a house 3.5% down because grandma is going to give you the 3.5% down payment, right? By the way, you know, you've been on the job for three months, and you've had six jobs in the last two years. To All this kit goes with your 571 credit score. And by the way, all of this, this is okay with FHA. So we sit around with the figureheads of the bank and we say, do we want to do that? And, um, man, this is a great one because I would venture to tell you guys that most banks, and when I say most, I mean most, most, they go, look, we'll play with you guys until you get below 580. When you're below 580, um, ugh, we just, you, we can't. Like I said, this is true. I mean, I was an underwriter. I trained underwriters. I've had my head down in loans for years and years and years. When somebody has a 540 credit score, it's bad, bad. They've done it. They've, they've they get bills and they use it to start fires. You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> they they buy. They go get a new like the target card and then they get it with the idea that they will never pay for it. Whatever they'll give me, I'll charge and I'll never use. They use the gas company bill to start the fire because the gas is turned off. I'm telling you. <laughs> and, and because the that's a credit abuser, right? There's also people that are just credit users that – yeah, maybe they do have a lot of debt. You know what? Maybe they went, they got laid off or they got hurt and disability wasn't enough to pay the other obligations. There, there are good, hardworking people in the country that fall on tough times and they get medical collections when that goes down. They get behind on their credit card or their car loans. So they get some late payments and maybe they do. They end up having to face that real tough decision of, well, now the cell phone bills past due three months, and they're going to turn it off if I don't give them three hundred thirty bucks. But that's Verizon, and AT and T will port my number over and and let me get a new one here for no money up front. And they just my credit's already in the stinker, and I'm doing what I can to just survive. And they they make the pick and right. So you you can see in the, in somebody that goes through some event like that, you can see it isolated to this little area. That person, by the way, that's a 560, 570, 580 credit score. They've got issues that are bookended by normalcy, right? Um, anyhow, it's very different. A lot of banks, that's where they place their overlay. They come back and they go, we won't go below 580. Um, most banks, like 9 out of 10 banks, when you get to – like the average bank, they draw the line at 620. They're like, if you're below 620, that's the person that's had some credit issues, um, but they're a year or so in the rear view. They've got their nose clean. They took care of what they needed to take care of. They're on the mend, and they've got a 620 credit score. Um, they're, they're through 
they're through the problems, right? They see, now they need to rebuild. You can really see those three credit profiles when you're looking at a credit. You can really see them. They're like, this is a living organism, the, the way these credit profiles present. And so a lot of banks just say, you know what, we're, we're in at 620 and above. Um, so those are common overlays, right? Some banks, like we said, some banks are that make a cap of loan amount. Well, we don't go over a million bucks on that kind of loan, or we don't go over the county limit of 667 on that kind of loan. We just don't do that. We don't do cash out loans for an investment property, period. Don't care how much equity you have. We don't do that. Um, for years, Wells Fargo had this cap at a 45% debt to income ratio. And they would tell people, well, you don't qualify. And people would be like, oh, well, hang your head and walk out and, you know, really wish that you could have refied to save money to pay debt and, you know, would be great if they would have said, well, it's just an overlay, though. Go see those guys at Central Coast Lending because they're not just one bank. They don't have access to only one. So, you know, over for us at Central Coast Lending, um, I mean, how many banks do we have that we're approved with currently? 30, 40, a lot. Um, And so, hey, some of them do have overlays and we know it. Sure. There are some of them that when they market to us, they just say, hey, no overlays here. We follow agency guidelines to a T. And then that way we can look at it and say, well, okay, well, here's what we're dealing with. Um, cash out on an investment property or a high loan balance, a, a VA loan, or, you know, maybe it is an FHA loan with a 601 credit score or something. Um, whatever it is, there's these things, right? And whatever that thing is for you, there's usually a place to do it. Um, I end up telling people that come in and see me, like, if you're, if you're lendable, I can finance you. And if you're not lendable, um, we're, we're going to be able to drill down into what the, like the, the terminal disqualifier is. And, and that's your homework then. You'll leave here knowing what your game plan is forward. Well, these overlays, they kind of tell me a couple things about the institution. It tells me about one, their, their appetite for risk, um, which, you know, a lot of banks are conservative and they they have conservative overlays for certain things because that's their philosophy. But it also tells me about their belief in their credit decision makers to make tough decisions. Yeah. Because when like you're describing some of these credit profiles, um, you can get a great picture. You can almost... You can almost write their biography without ever having met them, you know, as far as their payment history goes. What a lot of people don't realize that credit reports have, they, not only do they capture your payment history, they now have this trended data that they're collecting where they will, you can dive into any one credit line and see not only whether you paid on time or not for each payment, but how much of the outstanding balance you paid each time. Right. So we can kind of see, oh, they were short cash this month and they couldn't pay it all. You can see, oh, they they always pay their credit card off in full until this period of time, and then they didn't. Right. And, oh, it corresponds on the loan application with a gap in employment. And, you know, you can kind of see how employment ties into their ability to pay off debts. And, you know, so if you have good underwriting decision makers – 
they can read that. They can analyze that. They can understand what causes you to change your payment behavior and then make an underwriting decision based on that information. That's right. Some institutions, they just want to hire entry-level people to kind of stick to basic decisions. It has a lot to do with how big you get, right? Because if I have 100 underwriters and they've got a lot of leeway to use that professional evaluative, all the tools at their discretion to figure out how to make loans to people where they should be. Um, if I've got a hundred of them doing a hundred loans a month each, uh, what are the chances? I mean, a normal loan default rates are one and a half percent. So I'm going to end up with somebody, you know, maybe I get one underwriter that's just not good. Look, had a great resume come in. There's, you don't really test them. You, you learn about their skill level through their performance. So maybe I get one that makes some bad loans for me. Um, anyhow, the bigger the scale gets, the greater the likelihood that you find bad people or bad loans, and now you have legacy issues, right? And and by the way, a $400,000 loan will generally yield income into the bank of around, I don't know, six to 10000 bucks just for round numbers. Uh, a bad $400,000 loan can easily cost that bank 80000 bucks, or maybe the full $400,000 in some really extreme cases, right? Mm-hmm. Picture the ones where, like, they make a manufactured home loan for a rural area of Colorado. No payments show up, and when they go there, not only is the manufactured home gone, but the property itself is like a – a waste field somehow that's just like, yeah, everybody screwed this up. So you could lose a lot of money on a single loan, right? And and the gain, you know, that that'll negate the gain of twenty or thirty good loans. So you, you can't afford to be having bad loans. And so at some point those bigger institutions and like you hit it on your head, it it has a lot to do with the appetite for risk. Um, but also your belief in your ability to evaluate the risk to fit the business model. And so that's where the bigger banks ultimately will come in and place overlays. Like, look, we're just going to knock the edges off some of this stuff. We're going to cap loan amounts. We're going to cap debt to income ratios. We're going to set minimum credit scores. We're going to set maximum cash out amounts. Um, you know, you know what I mean? Like there's, yeah. there's still lenders today that will only give you up to $250,000 cash out on a conventional refi. and But if you walk in there, if you own a million-dollar house that have no mortgage because you paid it off, but now here you are wanting to do a $400,000 renovation, they're a bank that will turn you away because you're trying to extract $400,000 at one time out of a million dollar property, whereas a bank like me said, well, hang on, that's a that's a, like a 34 percent loan to value. Let, let's get let's zoom out. What's this dude doing? Oh, I see. You know, they're putting in a pool and a new kitchen with all Viking appliances and they want to do all this stonework and they've got two million dollars in retirement, but don't want to, you know, start cashing that stuff in. This is a pretty good bet for the foreigner grant. Not going to turn them away at the door, right? So the, those overlays, they become – that's a really powerful part of a company. And this is one of many reasons why Central Coast Lending is like, you know, what what I would call the cat's meow. You know, we not only do we have 
the the reach of all of those different banks that may or may not have overlays. Sometimes you you don't run into an overlay. It doesn't matter. You might just get a great price to go to a bank that is super conservative with the overlay everything. But if you fit the box, you get the lowest rate. Great. Well, some of our clients are just don't need to worry about overlays and just getting the lowest rate. Well, I got others that got some hair on them. You know, went through cancer two years ago or lost a child or, you know what I mean? So many of these things where that that's why the down payment's low or the credit score is bad or whatever. Um, it's really an, an access thing to being able to, to be able to do that. And, and like you said, to be confident in your ability to analyze risk and be confident in your uh, employee's ability. And that, that comes also from us, you know, we're – we're only a 30-something person firm, and we're intimately aware of the abilities and limitations, really, of each staff member. Sure. Um, so, anyhow, let's do a commercial break here. And uh, where where are we on commercial breaks? What time is it? It's 1024, so oh, we're the first one at the 10 o'clock This is the yard. first one. Yeah, that was another. That was very talky. Thirty-five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's do a commercial break here. We'll be back in just a minute with more mortgage matters. Stay tuned. More from the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending in just seconds. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk nine twenty and FM ninety six five. In the heart of wine country, in Templeton, home to one of the top school districts, you can own a brand new, beautiful home, not a condo, a home. Built by the best, starting for less than $500,000. Introducing Vineyard Creek from Coastal Community Builders, who've been shaping our community for 30 years. Right now, Vineyard Creek, just off Las Tablas Road in Templeton, has plenty of homes to choose from. But with prices starting below $500,000, homes are selling fast. Visit CoastalCommunityBuilders.com today. Hey, Brian from AM Sun Solar here. Did you know that if you own a home and have an electric bill, you could miss out on the full 30% solar tax credit this year if you don't act fast? The full 30% tax credit lowers after this year, so you're going to miss out on cash and time is running out. Call AM Sun Solar today to see if your home qualifies for the full 30% solar tax credit. Get your free solar consultation before it's too late. We are already filling up our installation schedule to get the tax credit, so call AM Sun Solar today at 805 772-6786 or visit us at amsunsolar.com. AM Sun Solar is located in Paso Robles, so you know you're working with a local company that has the best equipment and a 20% longer workmanship warranty than anyone else in the area. Call us today at 805-772-6786 or visit amsunsolar.com to see if your home qualifies for a solar energy system and the full 30% solar tax credit. That's 805-772-6786. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. In the heart of wine country, in Templeton, home to one of the top school districts, you can own a brand new, beautiful home, not a condo, a home, 
built by the best, starting for less than $500,000. Introducing Vineyard Creek from Coastal Community Builders, who've been shaping our community for 30 years. Right now, Vineyard Creek, just off Las Tablas Road in Templeton, has plenty of homes to choose from. But with prices starting below $500,000, homes are selling fast. Visit CoastalCommunityBuilders.com today. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11. If you missed any part of the show, check out the podcast at centralcoastlending.com. Now, back to the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. All right, welcome back. Once again, timely music here f- coming back from the break for uh, for all of our veterans. Yeah, U.S. Navy uh, anchors away. Thank you for your service. Are you, if you're active duty, are you uh, celebrated on Veterans Day or is this s- strictly for the veterans? It's strictly. What are you talking about? It's strictly for the veterans, I guess. If, if you're pointing at me, for you, yeah. for Jim, yeah. for Jim, for them, yeah. uh, for me, I'll spend the day to be grateful for all of them. Jim. Oh yeah, I'm grateful for everybody <laughs> in the just, service. Don't don't get me wrong there. I'm just you misunderstood kidding, your yeah. question, I guess. There yeah. We go. <laughs> you were you were talking about trended credit a little bit, which is a. Um, a new thing to mm-hmm. the market. They've spent some time trying to come out with it and uh, trying to make credit uh, a little bit more fair for some of the people that uh, are underserved or being wrongly evaluated. Um, I remember when I was first learning to underwrite, we did lots of alternatively documented credit loans, people that didn't have traditional. Yeah, if you ran their credit report, it would come back as like in a reject, um, which would just basically be like, uh, we never had an auto loan, never had a credit card, or maybe they have one credit card and it's like never been used or it's been used one time to a small like $100 purchase. Insufficient amount of data really to score it in any way. You wouldn't Mm -hmm. give that person bad credit, but you also wouldn't suggest that that is the acceptable reporting and reputation to give them it sure doesn't give you a lot of history of repayment um to to warrant giving them a four hundred thousand dollar loan yeah and so so then you start making calls and you're like all right well we got to get the gas company to report that utility trade line who have you been paying and (laughs) yeah yeah, cell phone company to report on your credit report what services have you been paying um, and think more substantial than others. And so sometimes, yeah, it'd be like a, a a payment plan maybe that a local jeweler put somebody on, you know, or a tire store. Tires can be pretty expensive. Go buy tires for a truck, 1000 bucks or so. Mm-hmm. 
sometimes there's payment plans on things like that. So, yeah, we'd be drumming up, hey, man, what can we put on here? And some of the loan programs are looking for five trade lines, you know. So you'd you'd get one for the landlord if if it was you that paid the rent. And, and yeah, drumming up those utilities. What can we do to make – to put everybody at ease that you've got a history of meeting obligation (laughs) and um you know but also so so some of the trended credit today you can you can get that um reporting to happen uh, for utilities and landlord it'll it'll go on there to say that this is a borrower requested reporting Mm. um but i've yeah i've seen that on some credit reports lately and then there are other people too uh in terms of credit you know they're Man, there should be a whole course in high school to teach people about credit because it's it's it always shocks me um, to be talking with people that don't they just don't have their arms around how credit works and you know here's I've told this story on the radio before but here's this great example right I did a loan a few years ago uh, for this gal who was. She was 33 or 34 years old, single, buying her first house in slow. And she had saved up, and I asked her too, you know, because it's not every day you meet somebody that's 34 years old that's got $80,000 in the bank. And I asked her, you know, is this a gift or inheritance or anything? She said, no, I just have always saved my whole life, worked hard. I wanted to buy a house, and um, that's that's the result of my savings. And I mean, I was blown away. That's amazing. When I ran her credit, um, for the pre-approval, she had like a, um, 800 credit score. And I thought, well, it makes sense. You know, she met her obligation and, uh, was able to save money it was obviously this was very much a part of her character. So a few months went by, she found the perfect house, wrote an offer. We got it in escrow. Of course, I have to rerun her credit because it was old. And when I reran her credit, she had a 660 credit score. Um, her $80,000 down, by the way, was insufficient for 20% down, Uh, She was like 14 or so percent down. So she was in the second tier of mortgage insurance. And, man, this deal sort of spiraled out of control. Her new 660 credit score had the mortgage insurance tripling and the interest rate to the home going up by over a half a point, which raised it by a couple hundred bucks a month. And, by the way, if you're tracking with me, you already know this is a person that was – Pretty budget conscious, right? She's, yeah. So, what happened to cause that that free fall in the credit score by 140 points? She um, honestly, really, just a little bit of dumb luck on my on our side. Um, but really, what was going on was she obtained a rewards credit card, um, and she switched because she was getting good rewards on it. You know, two or three percent cash back or something. She switched to be putting all of her incidental charges. So everything she could pay with this credit card, she was. And then instead of paying all of the bills at the end of the month, she would pay this one bill, right? And pay it in full. And she had the money, obviously. And it was just a rewards opportunity for her. 
But when I ran her credit, what I saw was um, because she was very financially aware and a little bit younger, she didn't have 10 credit cards, right? She had like two, and she really used one. And this card had a $3,500 available credit to which when I ran it, she had like $2,700 on it, which is pretty close to maxed out. So she had a utilization issue on that particular trade. Her other credit card was a like $2,000 bank card that she wasn't using. So she had a super high utilization. And, And again, this is a card she pays in full every single month. But the snapshot here, we we wouldn't know that. We just see it's thirty five hundred dollars available, twenty seven hundred dollar balance, and you're out of your total credit. Then she had fifty seven hundred dollars or fifty five hundred dollars of available credit between. And this the is two a new cards. trade line too, right? Yeah. So yeah, you got the credit agency algorithm going. Wait a second. This person just took out a new trade line and they're maxing it out 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 of the gate. And their aggregate credit is also above 50% utilization because she didn't have sufficient other cards to be blending it into, right? So she was literally in tears and I said, well, hang on. Once I could figure out that that's what was going on, I said, well, look, what's the balance on this card now? She was at zero. I paid it off yesterday. And so, so, okay. We can do a rapid rescore. So I can do a balance update and a rapid rescore and get us back the 800 credit score. But this is like where we sit back in the chair and I have to explain this to her. I don't understand this, you know. I've never had a 660 credit score. So what you do on this Tuesday, because that reporting went up on a Monday, and even though you paid the bill on Friday, this is how this works. And so this is a good lesson to everybody that uses credit is – um, and again, this is changing a little bit now because of the way trended credit works. But we see when your card is opened, what the high balance of the card, available balance of the card is, what the high balance ever was. In other words, if you got a, took out a credit card for 20000 bucks and you've never put more than $200 on it, we see that. And it's not very telling. Um, if you have a credit card with a $20,000 available credit, which at one point was at $15,000 is now zero, that tells a very different story than the person who's got twenty grand available and only ever been to two hundred. dollars right? This yeah. person managed to spend some real money and pay, and it, pay off. it off. Yeah. So it, it's really critical to realize what we see and how it affects your score. Um, you're you're – how old the card is, the current balance to the available credit, what its high ever was, um, and then was it ever late or not, right? And so that's one of the things I tell people. Um, that's how an individual trade line goes into your scoring. Those are the metrics. Um, some people believe, well, I'm working on my credit, so I use it for everything and then I pay it off every month. Well, if you're using it for everything – and it's got $2,000 available credit, and you're bumping it up to 2000 every month, you're essentially maxing it out. So depending on when the bank takes the picture and sends it to the bureaus, your credit profile may look like you're a maxed out credit user that's out of money and circling the drain, where you're like, no, that was never my intention. And then also, 
the model looks at all of your stuff, what we call the aggregate reporting. So you have five credit cards, and together they're $50,000 worth of available credit. And your utilization, you have $3,000 on one. So you're using 6% of your total available credit. That's good. So you want to consider on individual accounts how much utilization you're carrying, even when it's being paid in full every month. But then also you want to pay attention to in in aggregate. And this is also why you've heard the advice, don't close credit cards. This is partially why. Yeah, it keeps your aggregate available credit up, which means that the ratio of balance to available is very low. So the only time you should really be closing old credit cards that you don't prefer or use is when they have an annual fee that you don't want to pay. It's you. Sometimes you'll see people go, well, I had credit card debt. I worked really hard to get out of it. So I closed them all and now I have just this one. Well, now you have a really low credit score because you got rid of all of your aggregate available. And now the utilization that you use on the one is impacting both the individual, but that makes up your aggregate too, right? So the thing I'll add here is that the age of a trade line also matters. And that's clearly a factor in this story right. you're telling about this this woman who took out a new credit card um credit reporting scoring methodology looks at age and when it sees a new trade line all of a sudden it says okay something's changed in this person's life yeah we're gonna pause we're gonna hit the credit score pretty hard here initially until we get a history right and then we'll get back up to where we think you really belong yeah so this person with a brand new trade line who's now moved all the expenses over to it and maxing it out every month the credit report is a little uneasy with that but if you now have that trade line for you know 10 years and you've done that for 10 years the credit report's a lot more forgiving for you it's seen you do this time and time again and it's it's accepting of right. that now. And people people get offended by this. And like I said, this gal was in tears. And I said, well, look, what, this is sort of one of the ways that lenders tell each other by way of credit reporting, what's up with you? Yeah. What's up with you? And and this is where this conversation then turns into like, you know, understanding the rest about credit. This ties really well into inquiries. Okay. I compound that a little bit for her. She gets a new credit card, which means she has an inquiry. Mm-hmm. She then runs qualifying. Yeah, she <laughs> runs the card up and and pre qualifies and has an inquiry. Right. Then she comes back three months later with the house in mind and has another inquiry. Right on a three, you know, on the so you see how this is sort of adding up. So inquiries are intended also to lower a credit score where. Other attributes are pointing to somebody that might be searching for credit. Mm -hmm. And this is the whole point of the scoring model. If I run your credit and I see that you have an 800 credit score and there's good depth to it, um, that's to tell me as a would-be creditor to you, hey, tread lightly on this dude. He's a good risk, right? If I run your credit and you have a 660, that's the credit score is saying – Look close. It ain't great, but it ain't bad. You don't get to have a 660 with recent lates and recent collections. Those are going to be two or three years in the past, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody that has a 580 credit score, that's like 
uh, red alarms are going off now. There's active, recent active or recent, recent recovering credit issues, and any would-be creditor should give real careful consideration to whether they should extend credit to this person. And so like you said, you those inquiries or that new card, that high balance, the combination of these things is intended to slam your credit score down. Let's everybody realize that something has changed and it's recent. Take a deeper look. And then once a few months goes by or maybe a year, you're going to see that buoy up pretty quickly as we go, okay, well, I get it. You bought a car. And now we see that for 10 months, you've been good at paying $400 a month for your car. And so we trust that you're budgeting appropriately and it should no longer have a negative impact on your credit report. So um, those credit things are pretty critical. And by the way, if you carry no balances on anything, is you're just like a credit guy that has really good credit, but you don't use it a lot, whatever, inquiries have almost no impact whatsoever. The inquiry thing is coupled into, well, what's the rest of the picture? Are you trying to get new credit because those two cards are maxed out and you got denied an auto loan this week and now here you are asking for another credit? Those inquiries are intended to keep lowering the score as it's clear that you're searching and potentially – that credit life raft. <laughs> yeah, or or just you're about to go down, right? I mean this is like somebody that's financially just circling the drain. When the when the circles are big, the balances are high, but nothing's late. And then next thing you know, as those circles start getting tighter and tighter here, they've got they've got inquiries, they've got lates, they've got a collection, they've got maxed out credit cards, and the score is intended to tell that story. So um, there you go. There's your little credit Saturday morning credit 101 for those mm-hmm. would be credit users. Um, we got to do the final commercial break here of the show. Um, guys, these, uh, advertisers here help make the show possible. So lend them an ear. And if you're in the market for their services, um, give them a whack. I think we use our advertiser services, um, always. Yeah, we do. Uh, I was, as I was saying that, I was thinking we recently lost an advertiser, didn't we? Yeah. With the Patterson to compass change. Because compass might not want to advertise on mortgage matters. That's crazy. That's crazy. We'll follow up. We should follow up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Let's do it. We're going to take the final break here. We'll be back in just a minute. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5. The mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending will be back in just a few minutes. Hey, Brian from AM Sun Solar here. Did you know that if you own a home and have an electric bill, you could miss out on the full 30% solar tax credit this year if you don't act fast? The full 30% tax credit lowers after this year, so you're going to miss out on cash and time is running out. Call AM Sun Solar today to see if your home qualifies for the full 30% solar tax credit. Get your free solar consultation before it's too late. We are already filling up our installation schedule to get the tax credit, so call AM Sun Solar today at 805 or visit us at amsunsolar.com. AM Sun Solar is located in Paso Robles, so you know you're working with a local company that has the best equipment and a 20% longer workmanship warranty than anyone else in the area. Call us today at 805-772-6786 or visit amsunsolar.com to see if your home qualifies for a solar energy system and the full 30% solar tax credit. That's 805-772-6786. That's 805-772-6786. 
through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change. Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. Hello, this is Mike Points, a co-host of Mortgage Matters and a licensed loan officer with Central Coast Lending. I'm here to invite you to check out a new podcast at smartretirementpodcast.com. This is a podcast I co-host with Matthew Hollander with Century Financial Consultants that talks about all of the things to focus on to make you a smarter retiree. Things like Social Security, how to manage your health care, and so much more. So please go to our website, smartretirementpodcast.com, and subscribe to our episodes. I hope you enjoy it, and I'm sure you'll find it informative. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We are using low down payment programs and down payment assistance programs to help folks just like you buy their first home. You may not need to save and wait as long as you think. Are you ready to explore home ownership? Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 low the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast, Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 3 You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11. If you missed any part of the show, check out the podcast at centralcoastlending.com. Now, back to the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. I know this one. This is the Army. You think? <laughs> I think they've said Army about four times. Oh, did they? Five times, something like that. Well, who's counting? Who's counting? Anyway, once again, thank you to everybody that served in any branch of the service, right? That's right. All right, we're in the home stretch here. I was, as we went into the break, I was thinking any, any more about credit. There's a little bit more about credit that's worth talking about. Um, Starts to get into a little bit more of like rebuilding or repairing credit or or building credit for the first time. That's another little skill set. So I suppose it's a a conversation. I just we should wrap up by saying um, those are things we do in the pre-approval. Right? Sure. Come on in. Let's look at the stuff. Come up with a game plan. And then sometimes it's a, a little bit of education, right, about learning what you're doing. And could you be doing something differently in your preparation to buy that you could have a real meaningful impact to the terms of your loan? Uh, those things matter. And if it does take people – a month or three or six months to find the perfect house. And during that time, they could be given some pointers about 
how to fix some things, you know, misinformation on the credit report. Sometimes you're a junior or a senior and you've got erroneous reporting coming under your name. Uh, or, man, I see this so often is medical collections from people that thinking. have medical insurance. We're dealing with this in our house right now. Um, both my wife and I this year went in just for regular annual exams. It's just preventative care, annual exams, supposed to be a no-cost thing as part of your insurance. And part of the annual exam this year for us was to have some blood drawn. And so we both go in, do our blood drawn. We both got bills for the blood being drawn. And so we end up... We must have coded it wrong. Yeah, so we call in to the company that we get the bills from. I mean, we both went. It was Dignity Health and call them. And they said, oh, well, they coded it as this type of thing. And it should have been coded preventative if you're saying it's tied to this annual exam. So, yeah, absolutely it was tied to that. I was, you know, went in for the annual on this day. And then they said to do the blood work at a place. And we did it. And now we're getting bills for 250 bucks. And so I got mine in a holding pattern because I called and then they said, oh, you have to call the original doctor that you went to that coded it wrong in the first place and have them resubmit. So I did that and they they put a hold on the account for 30 days while it all gets sorted out. Well, my wife takes a slightly different approach and slow plays it. And uh, she now is in the the collections. Like the, (laughs) I'm not paying that. Yeah, well, she's... You know, and part of it's the direction you receive from the person that you're calling to get help from. And, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, the, I've, I had to call three different times to finally get the answer that made the most sense to me. And, and it worked. Uh, whereas she hasn't gotten the same direction that I got. So now she's, well, now she's in a whole different path. Now she got a 650 credit score. Right. And I said, you need to take care of that before it becomes a bigger problem. You know, you need to stay on top of this before it's a year or two or three or five later. And then you have to deal with it. And now it's so far back that no, it's, it's not fresh in anyone's mind. Let's deal with this now. So I guess as I'm telling this story, my message to you, the listener is if you, Become aware of a credit issue. Deal with it now. Don't wait because it's harder to unwind later than it is right now. Here you are giving this advice that you couldn't have heeded in your own household. Hey, I I gave the (laughs) advice and it wasn't heeded. And now I'm giving more stern advice. I can just hear her saying, no, this is stupid. I know. And it is my time on this. And I don't want... You know, it's not like she's going to go buy a car or a house or a something anyway. So she's like, you know, they're just going to make me jump all these hoops for their mistake. They in the are. First place. But do you want to have a problem later when you do need to go get an auto loan or when you do no, need they, a new mortgage? You want to deal with it now when it's when it's fresher in everyone's mind. And so then other things that I see happen are someone comes in for a pre-approval. You know, one of the questions we ask is, you know, do you know of any problems with your credit? No, it's great. I've always paid everything on time. Okay, cool. You're probably going to have a great score then. Pull the credit. Uh, your mortgage company or your credit card company or whoever says that you were late back in March. Oh, I- like, I wasn't late. Oh, wait. Maybe that was that month where I didn't get a statement that month. And then I got the next statement. It said I missed it, but I paid it right then and there. Or so, the bill pay that it's always been on bill pay. And then for whatever reason, it just didn't go that much. Yeah. And if you're on paperless statements, like, so we have some 
Um, like for example, my Amazon, I have an Amazon prime credit card, I guess it's like tied to the Amazon bill, Amazon account, and it's set up to just pay. And I don't get a bill at the house. And so it just pays. And I feel like I generally have a reasonable idea of what's going on there. Um, but one of those things where if it, glitches along the way and the bill pay doesn't pay the bill the way that you thought it could, then you, then you have an issue. And sometimes you can go make a plea to that creditor of going back and saying, hey, look, there's this issue. And by the way, these like you just experienced with your insurance company, you have talked to this doctor, you call this insurance, you know, the lab's now involved, and they got you running the legwork, right? Because yeah. they're, they, they're unmotivated. They got paid or are trying to get paid or whatever, right? Well, that that all of that time, all that stuff, that that can take months. It can. And those are again as part of the pre-approval process when you come in and we find one of those things say okay, you're this is what you need to do. We can tell you who you need to talk to. Sometimes, you know, and like this this would be a good one um, for your wife is sometimes what you need to do is just go to freecreditreport.com, mm-hmm. s- set up the free credit report. Once you click it, there'll be a link to the collection, and then you go challenge the collection. They then get a clock running that the collection agency has to produce documentation with an X amount of days that says that um, the collection's legitimate for these reasons. And you're going to key in your response on day one of this was part of an annual exam. The preventative lab work on my insurance is covered 100%. It was coded incorrectly by these doctors, and so I'm not paying it. And now you'll put the volley in between the credit agency and the doctors to try to sort it all out. That's a more passive. Again, that's something you yeah. do, you do. You go do this today and then let it run out for the next month. Sometimes you don't have a month. Well, and I, I mean, I just want to offer you guys some advice here. If you find out that scenario where, oh, so-and-so marked me late back in March, most creditors will give you a one-time hall pass. If you call them up and say, man, you know what? My mail just, I had a mail delivery issue that month of March, or I just moved from, you know, this house to that house in March and there was a, a changeover with the mail or whatever. They'll go back and they'll look at your credit history and say, you know what? You've always been an on time payer. We see you had a one time problem. We'll go ahead and mark that on time. We see that you paid it the very next month and caught it right back up. You know what? We'll give you a freebie here. We'll we'll erase that one. So the sooner you deal with things, the more likely you are to have that type of experience. If you let that season, that late payment season for a year or two years or three years before dealing with it, you're not likely to get that kind of grace um, that they would give you if it's very if you call very recently after. So dealing with credit issues sooner than later is always going to be to your benefit. And, um, you know, you just got to pay attention because you may not need credit today, but if you need, hey, if you need it a year from now or two years from now, it's, it's better if it's clean. I'll tell today. you this. There are other things where it affects, like, for example, if you're, if you're a contractor and you have to have a bond, you're this, 
collection issue where the doctor coded it wrong and the insurance didn't cover some portion and now you have a collection and it's time for your bond to renew, the bond prices could double or triple because they're based on credit. So there's other reasons why um, it's just important to know it and be on top of it. And by the way, this is why you have access to things like freecreditreport.com where you can monitor your credit so that you can address issues within a timely fashion with for free, right? That's why you get one free one a year. Um, and again, just a reminder, these, these are things that we do. The, we help people with this. This is part of the pre-approval process. Uh, and, and I invite people, uh, if you're, if purchasing a home is an imminent wish of yours and you want to do it in the next three to six months, call us right away. Even if your plan is a year or two down the road, it's never too early to get into budget and, and work on these things. So find us on the web at centralcoastlending.com or call this week at 805-543-LOAN, 805-543-5626. Happy Veterans Day, everybody. We'll be back next week.